Good morning. This is New Hampshire Today. I am Chris Ryan, and for this segment, we're going to join you from Cannon Mountain up in the Franconia Notch, and I'm going to be joined right now by J.D., my buddy up here, who is the general manager. It's been a fun season so far here at uh, Cannon. Some challenges, though, in regard to the snow. It's been cold, but not a lot of natural snow so far this winter. What's it been like up here, J.D.? Yeah, natural snow right now is at about 59, 60 inches, so a little less than our average. Uh, the weather has come around a lot lately, so we've been making snow like crazy. Uh, it's, it was a challenging early season for sure, natural snow and snowmaking temperatures. Uh, but things have really come around. I think right now we're in the 60s for trail count, so we're doing pretty well as we head into mid-January uh, mid and into late February. Yeah, one of the most amazing parts of Cannon is the scenery is incredible from all sides of the mountain. And we always love to go right up top to the beginning and uh, either take Vista Way, which unfortunately is closed the day that we're here, um, at Tramway, um, and just kind of take everything in from there as you kind of ski into uh, Liberty, uh, Mount Liberty uh, on the far side. Um, pretty amazing off the end there as well. Yeah, I mean, you guys always do pick your days here. It seems like every time you're here, <laughs> it's you not an accident. beautiful, sunny day. Uh, today is no different than that. Mount Lafayette here in the background. Hopefully you guys are going up and over the saddle to access uh, the Mittersill side. Still working on that double chair. The T-bar is available down low. But yeah, the problem with that, though, is that Liam is, Liam is soft. My oldest son is here through today, and he doesn't want to walk up the saddle complaining about the, uh, the legs so far. But we'll see if I can get him to do it, because the saddle is one of the amazing, most amazing parts of this. So tell folks a little about that. Yeah, when you get to the summit of Cannon... Uh, which is at about 4,080, 4,100 feet. The summit of Mittersill is 3,600 feet. So you'll ski down Taft, and then you'll hike up and over the saddle. It's about a five-minute journey, and you access all of the Mittersill side. Uh, and you can do that on any day or when the double chair is not running. A lot of folks like to do that almost as a rite of passage. And when you look back from the top of the saddle to Cannon proper, it is pretty amazing. I'm not sure there's a better view in New Hampshire. I totally agree with that. And you get to the trail up there, which you can only ski via hiking uh, that five-minute trail. Yeah, so it's basically it's all the saddle trail, but that chute going down from uh, the, the top of the saddle down into Mittersill is pretty cool. It's about 1,500 feet. Fairly narrow trail, twisting, winding. You get some moguls in there. It's kind of like a woods trail that's actually opened up. Uh, it's probably about 25, 30 feet wide, maybe 50 feet at most. It's really, really cool. One of the amazing parts about the notch as well is the extreme and at times unpredictable weather, which is obviously not ideal for running a ski resort, but still it's a pretty cool uh, aspect of it. As an example, on Saturday, Mount Washington was one degree to start the day around 6 o'clock, and that was the warmest spot in new england and it can fluctuate generally more on the on the colder side uh what's it like here when there is the extreme cold and what's it like above three thousand feet yeah strangely today for example uh, when i got here it was negative five but at my house at 600 feet above sea level it was actually negative 21 so sometimes we are the warmest spot in the northern hemisphere other times we're the coldest spot in the northern hemisphere a real weird example was last Saturday. We're on on Friday night. It was 30 degrees, and by Saturday morning, it was negative 28 at the summit. And such an extreme fluctuation actually froze all of the tires and belts at the top of our detachable lift, and therefore we couldn't engage the traction plates. So that was actually at about 3,200 feet, and imagine it was even colder uh, up higher with some wind. So you never really know what you're getting here. 
We've been winded out on a couple of days this year where you literally just cannot run any lift whatsoever. Our prevailing winds are generally northwest. Anything that comes up from the south can create havoc for us. J.D., we've been talking a lot on the show about labor issues across this state in many different areas, uh, workforce issues, and I assume that ski areas are probably hit, if not the hardest, amongst the hardest of any because of the seasonal aspect of employment. Yeah, typically it's interesting in the ski industry when the uh, when the market is down and the economy is down, everybody needs that second job or whatnot or needs that extra ski pass. And with us, now that the economy is up a little bit, the labor shortage is very real. Uh, it was going into it, and with ongoing COVID stuff, you know, you've got people out for five days, back right. for five days, and that kind of thing. Um, you know, but the labor shortage is real. We're not immune to it. There's a core group of five or six or eight of us that typically run around on any weekend day covering in anywhere up to five to six departments throughout the day. And today's no different. It's a beautiful, sunny day. Happy to do it. We're out in the parking lots. We're over in the rental shop. Then it'll be food and beverage, and I'm about to head over to help run a lift right now. I want to talk about the tram as well. 1938 was the year that the tram started operating, and it to me is one of the more amazing aspects of, uh, shall we say, modern technology, uh, the way the tram works and the way that it was put together in the 30s. And I was telling you before we started, there's this amazing book of photographs of the Empire State Building when it was being built in the 30s. And it re- some of the pictures that I saw of the tram being built while we were waiting to go up reminded me exactly of that, where guys were basically hanging out above 4,000 feet, no harnesses, no anything, building this thing. And uh, it's, it's a, actually, a, to my view, one of the modern marvels we have right here in New Hampshire. Yeah, I'm not sure OSHA was a real thing back in the mid-30s. <laughs> uh, it certainly is now. You know, and, and even more interesting, uh, when the second tram was built, or Tram 2, as we call it, they actually utilized the original tram as a transport mechanism for all of the materials. Now, there's been a pretty robust discussion about whether or not we'll do a tram overhaul in the near future with all of our major systems or whether we'll actually replace the tram itself as the primary system. And the book is out right now as to whether or not we would use the current tram in the same manner to transport materials or if that'll be a total teardown and rebuild uh, from there. But, yeah, back in from 33 through 38, when the tram was sort of coming to life, uh, things were a little different back then for sure. That's pretty much the exact same time as uh, the Empire State Building. And you can see that building that you're talking about is in existence still off to the side. And as you walk through to try to get to the tramway trail, you'll see, you know, the mechanisms that um, were in place for that original tram. So on this, what's the timeline on this particular one? And, and what's the, uh, the thought process around um, a potential new tram? Yeah, everything essentially would uh, very likely go through ARPA funding. There's still a whole lot of steps. This is a very preliminary discussion. Uh, There's discussion at the New Hampshire Fiscal Committee level within the legislature. There's discussion within the governor's office regarding exactly what we want to do. Time frame is probably two to three years out, purely speculation. Uh, We celebrate our 85-year anniversary in 2023. So into that 23-24 season, we would love to have either an overhaul or a replacement in place and be able to use that to kind of launch forward with our marketing plan. The final thing, is that an area that you would most like to see you know, dollars spent, or are there other areas that you think would be more advantageous uh, to you know, promote the viability and enhance the vi- viability of uh, the ski area? Well, I think the tram being such an iconic asset to the state of New Hampshire is certainly important. Uh, with the vintage that it's at now, being that it was commissioned in 1980, 
realistically, it's not a safety issue. It comes down to more to parts availability. Yes. And a lot of times with some of the component systems, when we need a part, it may be actually being fabricated to the need over there in uh, Italy, Switzerland, and Austria, depending upon which kind of component system it is uh, from. In terms of the ski area in general, you know, any ski area out there could spend $20 million, and you wouldn't notice it to the naked eye other than lift systems, infrastructure, uh, buildings and grounds, and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, interesting, as you mentioned, the, the amount of um, you know, work that goes into and the lack of available parts for the tram. So there it be, would be more easily uh, accessible, the parts, and easier to fix if it were modernized? Yeah, more modern systems uh, would be up to snuff from a, a replacement perspective. There's really only uh, one company of record within North America that has offices here and has maintenance crews based here in North America. Uh, you know, there are probably two dozen aerial tramway construction companies out there, uh, but there are two trams in all of New England, and there are only 21 trams in North America. So you're in fairly limited supply when it comes to major component system overhauls and your major repair work. J.D., as always, great to see you. We'll check back in with you uh, a little later in the winter. That sounds great. Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. That is J.D. joining us here at Cannon Mountain. I am Chris Ryan. This is New Hampshire Today.